Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. Psalm 146. So psalm means song. It's a Hebrew word that means song. So these are songs or prayers, prayers that we sing to God. And the psalms give us prayers for like when we're really happy, when we're really sad, when we're up, when we're down, when things are going well, when things aren't going well. So the Psalms have all kinds of emotions and all the good and the bad of life. Uh, But when we get to the last five Psalms of what's called the Psalter, Psalms, or the whole book of Psalms, they are all positive. It's all joy. It's all praise. It's all adoration. It's all excitement. It's all enthusiasm. But if you know most of the Psalms, a lot of them are very, you know, heart-wrenching prayers of people in trial. And so one of the points of the Psalms is to say, if you pursue prayer long enough, it will always end in praise. If you pursue the right kind of prayer long enough. So the way I think about it is the Psalms are like 150 steps that we've been given by God to take us on a journey in our relationship with God. And 145 of those steps are up and down and here and there, and we go on some wandering bits that aren't very good, and then the last five steps when we reach the summit. So every holiday, we've just come back from holiday, Jacob and I find the local mountain, and we climb it together. So we did one in Galway called Erisbeg. Uh, we did one in Waterford called Not Meal Down, and we just did one in Clare called Sleeve Cannon. Okay, so we've, done, we've climbed a mountain the last three holidays. So here's us reaching the top of our mountain about three weeks ago. And the mountain, this one was a bit easier, normally takes about two hours, and there's obviously ferocious animals in the way that we have to overcome, and all kinds of things that we come up in our minds. Uh, but there's obstacles, and it's challenging, and it's hard. But then you reach the top. And there's two things that happen. One is that sense of achievement. We've climbed, we've fought, we've conquered, we've reached the top. And secondly, though, you don't always get it in Ireland, you get a great view. As you can see, the view there is wonderful. So, uh, but when you reach the top of a mountain, there's that sense of achievement, and there's that new view of what's going on around you. Psalm 146 to 140, 150 are like the top of a mountain. And we've been on a journey, and the journey's had all kinds of challenges. But we've persevered, we've met with God, we've hit the top, we've got this sense of joy in God, and this new view of life. So Eugene Peterson says, all true prayer pursued far enough becomes praise. Any prayer, no prayer, no matter how desperate its origin, no matter how angry and fearful the experiences it traverses, ends up in praise. So that's what we're going to think about. My, why are all these psalms so full of praise? Now, if you look on your sheet, did you notice verse 1? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. Verse 2, I will praise the Lord all my life. So the psalmist says, I'm going to praise God all my life. So it's a lifetime of praise. And then in verse 10, it talks about an eternity of praise. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. And the word there in Hebrew, praise the Lord, is hallelujah. It's one word, hallelujah. Um, and so there's a lifetime of praise turns, becomes an eternity of praise. So why are we to praise God? Well, I think Psalm 146 tells us to praise God. We're going to see it now. Because the maker of heaven and earth is your helper when humans let you down. Psalm 146, why should we praise God? Because the maker of heaven and earth is your helper when humans let you down. So in verses 3 to 4, look at it there. 
you will see it says, you can't trust in princes and earthly rulers and influential people because they die. They're like you. Not, they haven't got any more power than you, really. They're just mortals. Their plans come to nothing. So here's Annabelle's picture. Oh, no, that's Jacob's. This is Annabelle's picture. On the right, as you look at it, you've got a prince, which is a big cross in there that says you don't want to trust a prince, okay, according to verse 3 and 4. And then you have on the left-hand side God speaking from heaven saying, I care for you. And so that's what the psalm's about. Why can we praise him? Because when humans let us down, the creator of heaven and earth can help us. And here's Jacob's picture of creation, our amazing God that created the earth, the sea, and everything in them. As I said, we've just come out from holiday in County Clare, and as I've been telling many of you, we were pretty blown away by it. And uh, so here we are at the cliffs of Moha. You may have heard of those. They're the second most famous place in Ireland after the Guinness factory. And uh, amazing scenery. Uh, those cliffs are over 200 meters high. And uh, just absolutely stunning. Look at the sea and the clouds. This, the God, the maker of heaven and earth. Um, and uh, it goes on. Look at that beautiful sunset. We walked the whole eight kilometers. Well, four, four there and four back eight kilometers. Beautiful. And there, the, it was exhausting. You got an ice cream at the end, though. And there, the waves, they're much bigger than that at points. And, uh, um, and we had a view of a, a bay where we at Spanish Point, just down from La Hinch. And we had fun playing in the waves, and we had fun bodyboarding. You can see a cottage where we stayed there, yeah. And... Um, the waves are beautiful. I mean, they literally captivate you. Every morning you're having breakfast, you're just looking at waves. You don't need to talk. You just look at them. And we can play in them. There's Jacob and Annabelle. You can see them playing in the waves. Um, but here is Lehinch when the waves get really big and they get out of control. And we didn't quite see this, but we saw something like this. A, a, a man and his kid got totally drenched. And the waves this one day when we were watching the surfers were intense and powerful. And you had hundreds of people lining up on the Hinch Beach just to look at waves because they're so impressive. This is the world record that was recently broken. 80-meter high wave in Portugal. Was the, the world record was held now by a Brazilian. This was a few months ago. 80-meter high waves. The waves are amazing. Do you remember the story in Mark chapter 4? Jesus is uh, with his disciples on a boat in the Sea of Galilee, and it gets out of control, and the waves begin to come up, and the disciples who are very experienced fishermen start to fear for their lives, and they're scared, and they go to him and say, why don't you care? And he wakes up, and he stills the wind and the waves with just a word. And what's interesting about that story is before they were scared of the waves, now it says they're terrified by the person of Jesus. Because if he can calm the waves, what kind of person is he? And so uh, um, the question, the psalm, and they finish by saying, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So Psalm 146, why should we praise God? Because the maker of heaven and earth, the one who made the sea, the one who made the waves, the one who with one word can calm a wave is your helper. And when the er earthly people let you down, he won't. So the psalm says to sing because he's your helper and your hope and he remains faithful forever. Just quickly, a few more things. Look at the psalm there, verse 7 on your sheet. Look, the big creator. By the way, did we get rid of the pigeon? Yeah. Woo, we got rid of the pigeon there. We had a pigeon that was dominating the back. I just saw them. Took three of them. You see, Jesus can calm a storm. It takes three of us to get rid of a pigeon. There you go. Uh, um, who, does the, who does the maker of heaven and earth set his affection on? Who does he smile towards? Who does he look at? 
Verse 7, the oppressed. Verse 7, the hungry. Verse 7, the prisoners. Verse 8, the blind. Verse 8, to those who are bowed down. Uh, Verse 9, the alien. Verse 9, the fatherless. So he frustrates the wicked, but he looks after these people. And in the end, the wicked will will, uh, perish, but those who have looked to God, who are righteous because they trusted in God, will uh, have an eternity of praise. So, why should we sing our praise to God? Why do we dance and do silly things? Because the big creator God, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who made the waves, the one who can calm the waves, has come down to be your friend and your helper and look after you. Hallelujah. But just quickly, and as a family, we'll do this. Verse 7 says, he gives food to the hungry. Now, many of you might know in our family, it's a bit of a tradition to sing grace. So we say thank you to God through song. We had Pat for lunch just now. We taught Pat one of our graces, and he joined in heartily. Um, So we take a moment to sing in our day, uh, maybe one, two, three times, depending how often we have food together. And we have six songs, and we're going to go through three of them. Um, Just quickly. So Annabelle, do you want to come forward? This is our first song we sing. It goes like this. It goes, the birds in the treetops sing their song, praising their creator all day long. The flowers in the garden blend their hue, so why shouldn't I, why shouldn't you praise God too? Do you want to come forward? No? Just answer the questions. You don't have to sing. So, Annabelle, why do you like this song? Well, I don't really know. What what did you say to me earlier? What what do the birds have that we have? Um, Songs. They, They sing songs to who? God. And so who are we singing to? Yes. (laughs) So what Annabelle was saying, she likes that song because it reminds us that the birds, we've just kicked one out, look at that. The birds are singing to God all day, and we get to join the birds in their song uh, just for a moment to say thank you. Uh, So that's one of the songs we sing. The next song we sing is to the theme of Adam's family, you know, da-da-da, boom-boom, da-da-da, boom-boom. It goes, Lord, we are so grateful for every cup and plate full. Forgive us when we're wasteful. We are your family, da-da-da. Okay, you got it? So, Jacob, come and tell us, why do you like this song? What does it teach us about? What does it mean to be grateful? Um, to like, to just accept what God gives us. Yeah. And what's the opposite of being grateful? Do you remember? Um, take it for granted. Yeah. So, why do you sing? Um, to, um, to thank God for what he gives us. Yeah, to thank God, not take things for granted. And who does God give us the food through? Mommy. And so we're also thanking God for Mummy, who's made the food, and sometimes Daddy, but it's mainly a sometimes. So uh, that's right. So thank you, Jacob. So we sing this song because it reminds us that food is something we should be thankful for and we should be grateful for. Now Leanne is going to come forward, and she's probably going to sing and say a bit about uh, this song. So come on. Who wants Leanne to sing? Yes, yes. I mainly like this one because of the actions, um, but it goes, thank you for the world so sweet, boom, boom, on the table. Thank you for the food we eat, yum, yum. Thank you for the birds that sing a ling Thank you, God, for everything. Amen. So it's nice. It's a nice little tune with nice little actions. But again, it's about being thankful. It's about being thankful for the food but also for everything, you know, for the world, for creation, for all the gifts. And it's just a reminder to be thankful. Great. So let me pray, and then I'm going to hand over to Caroline. Psalm 146, why should we worship and sing to God? Because the maker of heaven and earth 
is our helper. Humans will let you down, and he won't. And he's given you lots of things, including food every day, to which you can be thankful for. So let me pray, and then Caroline's going to come. Father, thank you that we know you, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who made the waves, the one who can calm the waves. And just like the waves, you are powerful and scary in the sense you're untamable. We can't control you, but you are beautiful. And you've, you've come in all your power and humbled yourself and made yourself our friend. And uh, we can access you, the, uh, the, the great, powerful God. We can access you daily through prayer, and you can be our help. And we thank you for that. And we thank you for our food. We thank you for daily things that we take for granted. Help us to be a grateful people. Amen. Um, so Psalm 147. So it begins and ends with the words, praise the Lord. So that was kind of quite a clear command to me, you know, we should praise the Lord. And in the message version, verse 1 says, it's a good thing to sing praise to our God. Praise is beautiful. Praise is fitting. And then follows various reasons why God deserves our praise. So he's in charge of creation. He's so powerful. He looks after us, uh, particularly when we're weak and we're broken. And I quite liked verses 10 and 11. So they say, his pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Now, Faye's not walking on her own yet, and most kids are by 18 months. So I found it interesting to reflect on my thoughts on this. It doesn't always bother me, but at times I've found it stressful because it seems like she's behind, and I just wish she'd be like everyone else and be running around the playground, and instead she crawls, and all her trousers are really dirty, and she's got holes in them. And uh, people ask, you know, people say in the playground, oh, what age is she? And I kind of feel like I need to make an excuse for her, you know, why she's not walking yet. And it somehow makes me look bad. And it's challenged me to sort of think ahead and think, well, as she grows up, I need to make sure I show her that she's loved and valued just for being her, not for what she can and can't do. Um, and it made me think, well, God is like that with us. You know, he doesn't get pleasure or delight in our strength or our talents, as verse 10 says. Um, he delights in us as we are and in the fact that we want to follow him. And it, the message version, again, it's, that says, the size of our muscles means little to him. So I quite like that because I don't have very big muscles at all. <laughs> so Psalm 147, it shows us how much we depend on God. We depend on him to bring rain needed to grow our food, to keep creation going and ensure our survival, to come to us as outcasts and heal our hearts, show us his love, reveal his word to us, telling us how to know him and how to live. And they're all good reasons to praise him. And before Faye goes to bed, we always play some worship music. And then sometimes during the day, I'll put some on. Um, our current favorite is the latest Ren Collective CD. Sometimes I really don't, I don't feel like it, and I'd rather just stick the TV on. But I do find if we're not having a good day, it actually helps to put some music on, have a little sing and a dance. And Faye loves music, and she has her own little dance moves, as you'll see in a minute. Um, and I'm enjoying the fact that she's not uninhibited by worrying about what other people think of it. I mean, you all hear her every Sunday, she's going mad, but... Um, yeah, and I kind of hope some of that might run off, rub off on me. So, you know, we might be dancing at the back at some point. You never know. Um, I do find if I 
listen to worship music and I praise God, whether I feel like it or not, you know, it, it helps me to, to think of him more often in the day. And I think it helps my relationship with God overall. So going back to verse one of the psalm, it says, it's a good thing to sing praise to our God. Praise is beautiful. Praise is fitting. That's great. Thank you, Caroline. I hope we can all become as uninhibited as Faye in our worship to God. So over to Kerry now, who's going to take us through the next psalm. All right, Psalm 148. This is a psalm that is so full of imagery, um, and that's something we're going to talk about. So, um, yeah, just close your eyes and just imagine, or, you know, just picture as I read this. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that it will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations. You princes and rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. And he has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. So as you can tell, as you were listening, that, that psalm is so full of, of pictures. You have the sun, the moon, the shining stars. You have great sea creatures. You have stormy winds that do his bidding. It's a psalm that you can't, it's a psalm that you can imagine um, being quoted, you know, like inspirational posters with beautiful backgrounds. And in fact, I've got a few, I've got a few beautiful posters, pictures here um, that I had um, my kids draw. And so um, this was Abby's. This is, she took her Bible and she opened up to Psalm 148, and this is the picture that she drew representing Psalm 148. And so you, you can see there's a whole lot of things. You have, um, I think the middle one there, that's heaven, yeah? Is that people praising God in heaven? And then we've got creation, and you've got um, the, the rainbow there, and you've got the sea creatures in the bottom here, and it's this whole range of images talking about praising the Lord. And then our next one, this is my niece, Johnny, who's visiting us from America. And Johnny drew this lovely picture. And this is a picture of, um, there's a princess in the bottom corner. And there is also a cake. So these are also great reasons to praise the Lord. Um, we've got our next picture as well. And this is Zoe's picture. And Zoe drew a picture of all the angels. That's the part that really captured her. The part that says, praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. And so she drew angels. And all that stuff above, I thought kind of was maybe snow, but she said, no. All of those are God's angels that are singing praise to him up above. And so that was Zoe's take on this psalm. And so as you can tell, like as I was reading it to you, I'm sure different things stood out to each of you as I was reading the psalm. And it's um, a celebration of God's creation and of all the, the wide range of incredible things that he has created. And so we are trying to think of animals that were like truly unique and really hard to, you know, like hard to guess. And honestly, there were so many, I had to, I had to do broader categories. Like you could do monkey or lemur, but like you get into some very specific animals that are very unique. And um, it was actually really tricky. Like um, 
as I was looking through just how many, just a wide, wide range of animals that, were, that, that there were. I saw animals today that I didn't even know existed. Like there's this giant soft-shell turtle that kind of looks like a turtle that has melted. Have you guys seen this? It's incredible. It looks like it's just kind of melted on the ground. But what's amazing is that God has created all of these animals, this incredible, incredible panorama of, um, of beauty and uniqueness that is the world that we live in. And this is a psalm that celebrates the beauty and the fullness of creation. And when I first read it, I thought that it was just painting a picture, a poetic picture, in order to inspire us to praise God as creator. And it does do that. But as I read it a little closer, I, um, I started noticing something else. I noticed that the instruction, praise the Lord, wasn't to me as a human reader. Listen again. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, you highest heavens. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths. The direction to praise the Lord is given to creation itself. So, see, we think we know something about what the Bible is saying when it tells us to pray God. We think we'll come to church and we'll sing songs about how good God is, about his love and his power and his faithfulness. And that's part of it. But that's not what this is talking about when it's talking to creation. So what does it mean for creation to worship God? I think that creation worships God by doing what it was created to do. So stars worship God by shining. The ocean worships God by roaring. Storms by storming. Fruit trees by producing. And animals just by being themselves. So what does this teach us? about praise and about worship. It's a reminder that our entire lives are meant to be lived as worship. It's a reminder that at the beginning, in the beginning, we were made in the Imago Dei, the image of God. In the beginning, us just being us worshiped God. It brought praise to God because he made us, just like the rest of creation. When we sinned, though, we broke that image. And all of human history from then until now has been God working to restore us to that image. That's what Jesus came to do. And we are most in God's image when we are living in the light of the gospel, remembering that our lives are from God and for God. So I'm going to kind of finish by reading um, part of a song. It's out right now by Hillsong. It's called So Will I. And it kind of gets at this idea that we like the rest of creation, we're made to worship. Now, I'm going to read it kind of out of order to make the point that I want to make. <coughs> it says, God of salvation, you chased down my heart through all of my failure and pride. On a hill you created the light of the world abandoned in darkness to die. And as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear where you lost your life so I could find it here. And then the chorus goes like this. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. If the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. For if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. If the wind goes where you send it, so will I. If the rocks cry out in silence, so will I. If the sum of all our praises still falls shy, then we'll sing again a hundred billion times. All right, I think Jordan is going to come up and share with us from Psalm 149. Thanks very much. Um, 
I don't have any kids, so I have no drawings. Uh, we have Leonardo da Vinci. We got Kevin De Bruyne, Carl Lagerfeld, Bob the Builder, Mary Berry, Ed Sheeran, Edna Mode, and Phibius Grey or Felinus Grey, whatever his name is. Can you, amongst a lot of these, tell me what all these people have in common? So, I wanted to talk about these people and how we celebrate them in our like day to day lives. People that enjoy fashion. Um, maybe look at people like Kyle or Carl Lagerfeld, you know, with Gucci and you know, all these different brands that he represents, or Kevin De Bruyne, you know, when he scores a goal or sets up a amazing play, you know, guarantee you, lads, he's all be sitting there going, wow, isn't that great? Absolutely amazing. Bob the Builder, whenever he builds a little house, what do you all do at the end of the show? He's all cheer for him, he's love it, you shout. You know, when, when Gru finds out that he's a good guy and he makes an invention that helps the world, you know, everyone gives a round of applause, the kids aren't even listening. Uh, <laughs> so I just wanted to focus on how we celebrate these people. So with Psalm 149, I would like to read out um, to you, seeing as my reader didn't turn up. And it's Psalm 149, it's not on the screen, is it? Um, so, chapter one then. Um, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, sing his praises in the assembly of the faithful. O Israel, rejoice in your maker. O people of Jerusalem, exult in your king. Praise his name with dancing, accompanied by tambourine and harp. For the Lord delights in his people. He crowds the humble with victory. Let the faithful rejoice that he honors them. Let them sing for joy as they lie on their beds. Let praises of God be in their mouths and a sharp sword in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to, uh, to bind their kings with shackles and their leaders with iron chains, to execute the judgment written against them. This is the glorious privilege of the faithful ones. Praise the Lord. So I really want to focus on chapter 2 when it says, O Israel, rejoice in your maker. O people of Jerusalem, exult in your king. On a daily basis, we continuously exalt these people and we, we praise these people for these great deeds. You know, Edna in The Incredibles is always given, you know, this task to go and build these, these amazing super suits and she makes the best job and they give her this great praise for it. Kevin De Bruyne sets up a good play. Everybody's talking about it for the entire week up to the next match. Look at that play, watching it on YouTube, watching it on a play, sharing it on Facebook. This is amazing. He's class. Leonardo da Vinci is continuously renowned for you know, making these great inventions and has been throughout history praised. I think what I wanted to, to really drive home and maybe challenge today is how we praise God and how important that is. Um, in, in Psalm 149, it talks about praising God with you know, song and dance and you know, with tambourine and harp. And I think sometimes a lot of us kind of get wrapped up in the whole, oh, I don't really want to be here, or they're making actions that I'm really nervous, I don't want to be looking like the idiot making funny dance moves. But this is our way of exalting God and raising his name high and maybe just challenge you to think about it in a different way. And instead of thinking it like, oh, this is about me and this is about me getting nervous about singing and maybe raising my hand you know, to praise God or jumping up and down or spinning around or doing whatever you want to do, but maybe just think, this is amazing, God is amazing, and this is my way to show him how I'm doing that. So I'm going to challenge you for the next week um, to maybe think about that. Um, you know, if the worship song comes on on the radio instead of like switching the station or maybe not just like 
settling for a few minutes and, and taking some time to, to praise and uplift God, but maybe just to, to stop in the moment and, and just to do that instead of, you know, passing on that moment. You know, we, we do it so often with all these other little things in our lives, and it's so minuscule and, uh, and needless in comparison to what God is. So um, I'll leave that challenge with you and myself, and I will pass it on to Kerry. So here it is. Final Psalm 150. It's the closing of this incredible collection of worship to an infinite God. And it's six verses long. Six verses to sum it all up, to finish it. But they are pretty great six verses. So let's take a look at them. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings with strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The end. You can go home. No, just kidding. Um, but isn't this a fun psalm? Look at this list of all of those instruments. The trumpet and the harp and the tambourine and dancing. It sounds like a great party. What does this psalm really tell us, though? It's more than just this list of ways that we can praise the God. And I was actually surprised to find, as I took a closer look at it, it answers five questions about worship. This is very interesting. What do we worship? Where do we worship? Why do we worship? How do we worship? And who worships? In six verses, this sums up the idea of worship. What do we worship? Very simple, right at the beginning. Praise the Lord. And then nine times in six verses, what does it say? Say it with me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. There's no mistaking the object of worship. The Lord is what we worship. Where do we worship him? The answers are in the very first verse. In his sanctuary and in his mighty heavens. Now, this one was a bit trickier for me as I was reading this. I was trying to figure out, okay, is this talking about in his sanctuary? Are we talking about like in heaven? Because we're not there. It's, we can't worship in heaven yet, right? And in his mighty heavens, again, unless you happen to be flying to another country, it's a little hard to worship in the heavens. So what could this be talking about? What could this be telling um, me about worship now? And kind of the idea that I got is um, there's this idea of the sacred, um, like our sacred times of worship. And so we have church. We have maybe your time in the morning, maybe where you come and you pray and you read the Bible. And these are times that we sort of set aside. But then you also have kind of like the rest of your day, right? As you're going through the rest of your day. And I think what this is saying about where we worship, I think it's saying that it's, it's a call to worship him wherever we are, whether it's in a context like today where we're the, with other believers and we're worshiping, worshiping him together or whether that's um, you as you're going about your day. I think this is saying worship him wherever we are. The third question, why? Why do we praise him? And verse 2 is, answers it very simply. Praise him for his acts of power and praise him for his surpassing greatness. Very simply put, we praise him for what he has done, and we praise him for who he is. 
The fourth thing, how do we praise him? And this is where the majority of the text is focused. How do we praise him? With instruments and with dance. What I want you to notice about the list that's up here are the type of instruments that there are. You don't really hear tambourines at a funeral service. Right? You don't really have dancing in times of mourning. The instruments that are listed here make you think of joyful, celebratory music. And it's like Steve was telling us at the beginning, this is a culmination. Psalm 150 is a culmination, the, the closing of all of this. And we're, we're saying, you know, at the end of time, this is, it points us to when we are with God. And it points us to that time when all of our tears are wiped away and what we have left is joyful celebration and praise of God. And that's what this psalm is pointing us towards, is that the, the praise that um, this is talking about is a joyful and life-giving kind of praise. And then the final question is who? Who is supposed to worship God? And the final verse answers this pretty definitively. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Okay, so... Some things should praise God? No, no. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Does that include you? Does that include me? Absolutely. The final call to worship for the entire book of Psalms is a collective call to all of us, a call to worship God together. And so I had this fantastic idea when I was planning the talk. And then I realized maybe it wasn't such a fantastic idea. I, uh, so I talked to Steve, and we, we talked about it, and I kind of thought it through and decided I probably wouldn't do this, but I, I was going to buy a bunch of, like, simple instruments, and I was going to have Andrew come up and have him lead us in worship, and we were all going to play alongside of him, and then I thought, Andrew will kill me if I do that, because <laughs> I don't know about you, but, like, I am not a musical person, and so I think I better leave that to the professionals, but I did want us to get, I do want us to get this idea about what it means to worship God together, because there's something really powerful about that. Listen, I have some great times of worship when I'm in my car by myself, and I can just turn up the music and drown myself out. I have some amazing times of worship, but there's something really, really special about worshiping God together. And so um, I thought of it like this. I thought of it um, like you can listen to music on a CD, but there's something very different when you go to a concert or you go to the orchestra or a symphony, right? There's this feeling when the music like surrounds you and it changes your whole experience. And you really, it's that idea of experiencing music and not just hearing music. And this is what worship is supposed to be. It's not us watching a concert. It's something that the, the people around us are singing and we're singing and we're in it together. Our God is the great big God. Our God.